This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Just like that, second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network, the Pop-Tart Bowl, a success for Kelly Stewart's Kansas State Wildcats. She's celebrating by having one right now. The s'mores, not bad. I think this might be the first time I had a s'mores. The frosted. Well, oh, you have to have the frosted. Otherwise, it tastes like cardboard. Like, let's just be adults here. Okay, well, I must like the cardboard. Um, so you, this is the first time you've had the s'mores. I've never had one either. There's, what do you have back here? Cinnamon? Uh, brown cinnamon sugar, which I was told was the best. I haven't okay. known if I've tried that one in the last 20 years either. But, of course, strawberry cherry, by far superior. But bottom line, the Pop-Tart Bowl last night might be my new favorite bowl game. So there was a lot of, like... Hype? I don't know. No, not even branding hype. that okay. is just forced, like the play-by-play no, no. play announcer so who had his like, first pop tart, first quote unquote. That was obnoxious. That yeah. he was like, yeah, he, he like a a mouse on cheese. Yeah, like what? Just eat yeah. the pop tart, right? So <laughs> the funny thing was. By the way, Kelly in, said she didn't want to be uh, eating on air. <laughs> I just I, asked her a question while to. she's eating. I, no, I didn't really take a bite. I don't want to eat on air, but I, it is funny because you're just sitting here like, you know, like <laughs> some on. people are sipping their their <laughs> celebration cocktail. I'm eating my celebration Pop-Tart. Yes. So the fun thing was with the Pop-Tart Bowl back in October when they first started doing bowl projections, maybe it's even early November. K-State was supposed to win enough games to go to the Texas Bowl or go to a better bowl than the Pop-Tart Bowl. And because it was in Orlando in close proximity to me, I was like, I want to go to the Pop-Tart Bowl. This sounds like so much fun. Yes. And everybody's like, what is the Pop-Tart Bowl? What are you talking about? It's like the Cheez-It Bowl. Who wants to go to a Cheez-It Bowl? I think I now would actually enjoy going to a Cheez-It Bowl, too. I think we should have all bowl games have food mascots, and they should be all as awesome as the strawberry Pop-Tart was. But isn't it about the the television experience more than it is being at the bowl game? You're not going to get the same hype surrounding it that's fair right so i did not go to the bowl game because i'm here in nashville right. my mom the cutaways and, to everything like, like the, the camera guy and the all that Pop-Tart right tart was the most hilarious bowl game mascot i've seen i think ever it was well done i mean if you watch the clips of him i retweeted it earlier and there's like a point where he's like dancing behind the ref and even the ref is trying not to break a smile and he's just got that smirk on his face that's it's like the savannah bananas yes it's fun. Bowl games are supposed to be fun. And you know, we, we spoke about this all week, how bowl games are ruined because of opt-outs and the transfer portal and all of these things, coaches leaving. And, and you know, these things all started in the 90s. But prior to that, these didn't happen until the end, right? Till after the national championship game, you went in, you interviewed coaches, people took new jobs, kids then, you know, set. it was like that bowl yeah. game was their chance to showcase their final game before going to the NFL or something of that nature. And, and the coverage was more, at least I view it and I perceive it as the coverage was more spread out to programs instead of those that had a chance at the playoff. Right. Now it's, if you're not in the playoff, who cares? Yeah, the, the, the hype surrounding the playoff by ESPN, because they own the rights to all of that, is focused 
I, like laser focused on the teams that are contending for it, not the teams that are on the outside looking in, like we saw last night. I mean, there was over 13 million people watching the Pop-Tart Bowl. Yeah. That's awesome. And watching your team win. And that was that was the fun part for me. Obviously, I had Kansas State lost the Pop-Tart Bowl in some horrific fashion, yeah. as only they could do. Maybe I wouldn't have been this excited, but like they wheel out this giant toaster. Here he is, like... You know, they kept saying they're going to eat that the winner's going to eat an we, edible mascot. And we I'm discussed like, this after about? the show yesterday, and like, was what are kids going to think when the the mascot is eaten on uh, live they, TV? Yeah, on live TV, they did this well. It was well done, and it's all it's all good marketing. Yeah, and Kellogg's is saying, hey, like we got great feedback on this. Like we want to do this again. I mean, that is pretty disgusting to look. He only has like an eyeball <laughs> left after what was completely devoured. <laughs> but from a marketing perspective, and somebody who has a marketing background, I. I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. It was really wholesome. I'm sure that the kids at the game had a great time because that's where I really fell in love with college football was getting to be the kid that my aunt would take to the bowl games. You're in between that weird Christmas and New Year's break where you're not at school. Right. You're in Kansas. It's freezing cold. You get to go to someplace fun. It's warmer. And you get it, uh, like the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. There's a I reason why 13 million watched, though, and didn't. They weren't lined up outside the stadium, right? Well, and that's fair. But also for those at home to be able to watch, it's yeah. entertainment. And I just think it was wonderfully Leaf, put together. Ryan Leaf brought up yesterday. He how many bowl games has, have I watched? I've tuned into several, but not as many as I would have five to eight, ten years ago. And, I mean, I was watching this. Mainly because I wanted to see the second half and see how it played out for you. Yeah, well, that's Well done. I mean, it got a little dicey there. There was a couple of egregious calls by the referees, as in every single football game, they yeah. love to get involved. It's the football world right now. Uh, the new and improved Outkick store, it's live. Head over to outkick.com. Shop.outkick.com is the direct link. You can also go to outkick.com. Just click on uh, the gear there, and you'll stock up on golf polos, T-shirts, hats, and more. Shop.outkick.com. Davey, you were watching the game with us after the uh, – I, I was, and I mean, you guys are hitting the nail on the head. If, if you look at two of the most talked about bowl games this season to this point, it's the Duke's Mayo Bowl and it's the Pop-Tart <laughs> Bowl. And it's because there's something at the end of the game that people are at least, it, you know it's going to circulate on social media. Whether you look at Neil Brown getting absolutely doused in a gal, or a, uh, one of those Gatorade buckets full of mayo, as disgusting as that is, I mean, it gives you something to talk about. And we discuss how... I know next year we're going to the 12-team playoffs, so a few more bowl games are going to get more eyes on them from a standpoint of this is meaningful football. It'll be more about the game, yeah. But this is, what you, this is what you need whenever you're looking about making sure your game is one in which people are tuning into. And, I mean, we kind of showed some of the, the memes that were going around on social media after the fact, watching the toast, the, the Pop-Tart being lowered into the toaster. Yeah, so if, and, you, if you didn't did, tune in, you saw it and did anyway. You, and did you guys listen to the audio really closely? The K-State band was chanting, sacrifice, <laughs> sacrifice. Yeah, it's, like, it's great. It was, like, so, it was it's so the fun absurd. Stuff. Yeah. From this perspective, though, you get that one chance one time, right? The first chance to have people buy into it, the buildup of how are they going to do this? An edible mascot. Uh, and it was well done. Does it carry over the same way of, uh, social media, yes, but to get people to tune at that at that level, probably not. No, uh, moving forward, you. but they had the audience that multiple bowl games have not had. Well, the good news is Kellogg's has a 
thousand different brands that they could change it every single year and yes. do a production like this. Uh, when is the? I don't understand why it's Tony the Tiger as opposed to whatever Frosted Flakes Bowl and using Tony the Tiger as the mascot. But like you could do something with him. That's same the same type of branding. But if they make it fun, I'm telling you, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl is ingrained in yes, 13 year old Kelly's brain because I it was so awesome. It was the first bowl game I got to go to that I actually remember. And all I did was eat chips and salsa every single day. And that's it. And all I had State a best time. You know, you think of uh, when you think of the Sugar Bowl, you think of Allstate. Like they, they have branded that perfectly. Um, and Kellogg's is doing that too. But that's a great point. Um, and social media wise, they've got a leg up on that too with all the different ideas that they can pitch and then, you know, pump up, hype up. And it's just another example of we're going to see more bowls try to take this approach and use it moving forward. And I think that's only going to serve the fans better as well as, you know, the players and teams that are actually participating in these games. But they've got the, they've got the advantage of you're bringing the mascot with it, right? Yeah. The visual aspect of postgame. And what will resonate on social media and trend. And li listen, the Pop-Tart did it's not a, have like the, a mascot until they created one this year, right? Like they just put a guy in a Pop-Tart suit. There, yeah, I guess. I mean, there's uh, never been, to my knowledge, a Pop-Tart guy that's been a, again, a commercial or anything, but right? The, it, well, that, that sounds I, right. I, I can't yeah. recall. Yeah. So they you create- think of Mr. Peanut, right? Right, but that's what I mean. They, yeah. they, there are certain mascots that are out there. So they created a mascot for a bowl game and then built an entire literal show around him, whether it was coming out of the toaster, whether it was going into the toaster, whether it was dancing with the refs, he was standing behind the goalpost with like, I don't know if it was a, like a lacrosse stick or what it was at one point when the NC State kicker missed the field goal. He was over there to try to catch it. Like he, I mean, that guy should get a raise. So you have the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Uh, you have, see, I also think if you are a company uh, that will have, viewers google your name um you have the let's see looking at some of these uh, the roof claim or lockhead martin well yeah but that's because the military bowl so but they again, have like to use a warmonger to do that you have uh starco as one I, i'm looking at these never thinking, heard of that company yeah so uh i i think that's also smart because you have the casual fan that's like okay let me see what this is about and you get you at least get the i you get the eyes on your product in some way. Well, hopefully it just shows people to think outside the box whenever you go out and hire a marketing firm for how you want to approach these bowl games cuz I, I can't think of a good example of what you would do for the the Everbank Stadium bowl game, you know, or like or I guess that was uh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. That's, yeah. that's where they had that today. So and, and but the but, Gator Bowl ha is already supposed to be iconic, right? Because it's been around for a long time in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, you know, but yesterday the pinstripe Bad Boy Mowers, which I own one. I highly recommend it. They're made in the United States. It's a great tractor. But why were they the pinstripe bowl like in the Bronx? Like so, sometimes I think it has to correlate. Something has to match up or whether it, it's or the the contract with the with the sponsorship matches up. They want back in somehow. I, I guess so. But the the pinstripe bowl being p played in the Bronx, like I feel like that type of branding didn't correlate, at least from my perspective. And that's perfect timing for them with taxes coming up, right? I mean, oh, again, well, you, you want to, you, you want the, the automatic uh, memory repetition. And also like think about sports in general. Uh, it's DVR proof in many ways. I mean, Colin's trying to do uh, the, the DVR aspect with Notre Dame today, but 
Well, it, we've been it, very nice to him to not, not tell him that right. his team is absolutely steamrolling Oh, State. Oh, you, oh, you went ahead and ruined it? I didn't ruin it. Oh, you just don't know how it went. Uh, so you're looking at it from this perspective. You're not going to fast forward through the ads. And from the bowl game perspective, if you were looking for uh, uh, the, you want to resonate with uh, uh, not just a, you want your brand to be a product like Kleenex, right? The bowl game's a great way to do that. And it like, we'll cheese it now, do that based on what we saw from Pop-Tart. The cheese at bowl was already kind of funny in itself because it just sounds like a funny thing to yeah. say. Just like the Pop-Tart bowl. Sounds like a funny thing to say. But, yes, I think the cheese bowl really has to step up their game now. Otherwise, they are just far far inferior to the Pop-Tart Bowl. Um, Dave, you agree with the cheese? And I'm, I'm looking at these. There's no way you can do what the Duke's Mayo Bowl does. But, again, mayonnaise, you're thinking Duke's now. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I know cheese is at least they do quite a bit of commercials where they've already embraced, uh, like, the I woke up feeling the cheesiest approach. I I'm curious to see what if they try to bring something new to the table this year. I mean, that's one of those games like I'm going to be tuned in regardless because, you know, with the Citrus Bowl, that's my alma mater playing in it. Well, And, and you know, one of your star players has a Cheez-It shaved in the side of his head. That's a good point. Uh, a cup. <laughs> well. I did send that to you guys. You I did. thought maybe they'd have it teed up. I thought it was hilarious. What? So I, if I could do what's it. What's he getting paid get for that? It? Oh. I immediately thought NIL. Good for you. I See, I just thought he just has bought into the Cheez-It Bowl hype. But that's another uh, trending thing, though. Can the bowl game sponsor pay the athletes? They cannot. Sure, they can go through the collective and pay. Okay. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that's... I I don't know the figure, but again, like, they're getting retweets, reposts, whatever they're called now. Uh, Post on, you know, you got the stories and the the reels. You're absolutely right. Davey, would you be willing to have a Cheez-It as a, a haircut? No. What would be the price? A couple grand. You immediately... And yeah, but again, first of all, Davey, a Davey's, like, Davey's hair is the brand. I think with this player, he already has short hair. What are we talking? A couple weeks? He just dyed a little... Maybe hours. I don't know. No, you take the photo hair? and you're done. Oh, and then you just shave your head and yeah, call Yeah, you're going to be wearing a helmet. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. You've got an odd-shaped head. I don't, I don't, you don't want to see me go bald. Well, you could just have the, the, uh, the patch on. You could have the... You could just wear headphones like I there. do. Yeah. Side of the headset's a bit different, though, than the football player playing and, you know, trying to hype up the game. It's the only downside, yeah. The, the headset would probably block at least where Ramel had the, the cheese it shaved into his head. So are we going to see Florida State claim a uh, national title uh, based on who wins the national championship? If it is uh, the Seminoles unbeaten, but an unbeaten team isn't the champion I, in the I playoff? hope they save themselves the embarrassment. Here's, here's the problem. They're going to get absolutely boat raced. By Georgia, because of the opt-outs and the they just the don't feel care. of yeah we, they don't care yeah so we saw it with right. Baylor what was that five or six years ago when they lost to UCF and then UCF was undefeated when they were a game of five school and they said we're the national champion they won I think as sixteen point underdogs or something in that game yeah. I mean they were really because Baylor didn't care FSU doesn't care so it's going to be really hard I mean look if they beat Georgia outright. With a bunch of backups, I, with a team who's very unmotivated, Godspeed. But you you can't. You just got to stop. At this point, you just take it and say, you know what, this sucks, and you got to move forward. Yeah, and it, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, the hype around these matchups for the semifinals coming up is, I mean, I, I'm all in. 
to watch Michigan and Alabama. You, you mentioned Florida State is going to you know be boat raced by they're twenty Georgia. point underdogs. Uh, but Kelly, I'm thinking, what would be the line based uh, against Bama? No opt outs. If there was no opt outs, right, right, they would have probably been about nine point underdogs, nine and a half point underdogs. Um, and, with- and and I think it would be lopsided on the bets. Everyone would be taking Bama. Yes. I mean, everyone's taking Bama against Michigan. And they'd be about 10.5-point underdogs to Michigan. They'd be probably 8.5-point underdogs to Texas and right around a touchdown underdog to Washington. And that was not my argument when I said, hey, Florida State fans, like this is not my argument for keeping you out. I absolutely believe they got robbed. A 13-0 team should be in regardless. But I think there's a couple of theories that I have. When we saw Cincinnati get in, what happened? They got smoked, okay? Yep. When we saw TCU last year in the national championship game get smoked. Yep, against Georgia. I think that they're, they don't want that to happen anymore, and they know that Alabama's going to put up a bigger fight, and they can't let Alabama in after they let Texas – or they can't let Texas in after they let Alabama in. There's a, there's a hierarchy here to this. They went for the viewership – and the perceived closer game, not the unbeaten team who went the hard way to get there. Looking to refresh your closet, home, or beauty routine this spring? Walmart's got all the stylish goods in one stop. From chic new looks and the latest makeup to quality furniture and tableware. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending for the hottest fashion, home, and beauty finds. Your style at Walmart. Live from 6th and Peabody. Happy New Year to you. Going into the, hopefully for you, long weekend. Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. You like the Blackberry? Blackberry Moonshine? I have not tried it. I have tried the... Moscow Mule. Okay. I got that the first day. That was excellent. And then yesterday for the Pop-Tart Bowl, I got one of the margaritas. Now, I'm l- I was a little hesitant. It's the margarita moonshine. Because I was like, well, margarita's supposed to be with tequila. It was good. They can make pretty much any drink that you're used to with the moonshine. And it's either very similar or great. Better. Yeah. yeah or just I mean, it was, outstanding. I was impressed. Uh, starting January 3rd, the only place to catch Outkick's original and fearless content and shows live, you're going to be on our website, outkick.com. You go to the watch tab at outkick.com and you won't miss a beat. You'll still be able to catch up on YouTube, but for all of our live unfiltered content, outkick.com slash watch, your one-stop shop for all things Outkick. Kelly, uh, get into your, your best bets going into the weekend. And mine... I'm going with Bama over Michigan, I'm, I'm, and I would just take the money line on it. Uh, excuse me, I'm laying the points on it, and here's why. I know you're in on Michigan. I want to hear why. Wait, you can if you're laying, the, you're taking the points with yes, Alabama. Sorry, yes. Okay, got it. So you're taking the basically. Well, you can probably get two points right now. Uh, it, it, and then I you guess should I just take, take the, the money, money line. line. At that point, you should take um, the money line. And I, and here's why. I've backed Bama in this stretch, and. I was totally against them going into the season with Milrow. And I felt like, you know, that Saban had made the wrong call. And then he's ended up as, you know, he's not going to win coach of the year. I didn't, sorry. But I'm, I'm thinking, uh, this is the greatest uh, 
coaching job I've seen with the talent level that probably isn't top 10 for him in the, in the teams that he's coached and what we've seen as a result. Meanwhile, I still look back at Michigan's schedule and think to myself, what has happened once they've reached the college football playoff? We, we discussed the physicality in the trenches. They did great against Penn State. Did it again against Ohio State. But once they reach the playoff, I mean, there's a reason why this offseason they had the Georgia drill, the Georgia period in their offseason work. Can they match up against Bama? They haven't shown us that in the past. They have shown us they've been the, the muscle up front in the past in their conference, and they did it again. I think we see something similar. I think it's a great game. I'm still taking the Crimson Tide based on just what, what I know Alabama is known for and what I know Michigan hasn't been able to prove at this level. So I took uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game. I said they were going to win the game outright. I took them last year in the SEC championship game, said they were going to win the game outright, and then turned around and took Georgia. The reason why you want to take Michigan here is because if the bookmakers know that all of the money that's going to come in is going to be on Bama, regardless of the number they march out, why march out Michigan minus one and a half? Why not march out Bama minus one and a half? Because you're going to get the money anyway. Because of the, how does Vegas value Ohio State? Well, so here's the, the thing. I think a couple different people have multiple opinions. That's the good thing about power ratings. They're unique to each person because different metrics go into play. I'm going to go ahead and say that probably most of the Vegas bookmakers have Ohio State between five, six, and seven, depending on okay. what match, metrics they weight differently. And so you're saying they would value Michigan. They're tricking the, the average I think, the them, average I think fan. them putting Alabama out there as a dog says, Alabama's an underdog in this game. Come on and bet them. And, and people are doing it hand over fist. Trust, trusting more in Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy than Saban and Milrow. But here, here's the other thing to consider. And again, I, I, I think it's a, a great matchup. And again, I don't hate the fact that Bama's playing Michigan. Florida State isn't. Um, that doesn't mean I don't think the Seminoles don't deserve to be there, but Again, the argument can go to it's not most deserving. We saw Bama win the phys physical matchup against Georgia. We saw them lose that matchup against Texas. That also resonates with me, and I wonder what happens with Michigan, given the fact that we've seen Bama do one and the other this season. Do you think that Georgia thought, like last year, if they lost the SEC championship, they would still get in? Because I actually do. I do um, believe they had such an arrogance level that they thought, eh, even if we lose this game, we're still in. Oh, you're saying this year? Yeah. Um, After I, losing last year and still I was in. surprised that the number one team in the country and a two-time national champion back-to-back -back years isn't going for a three-peat as a four-seed in the college football playoff. I, I think that they didn't play their best game in the SEC championship game. I'm going to leave it at that. Here, I'm going to give you a couple stats. that No one's saying they got robbed, though. It's all about Florida State. Unbeaten. Oh, I don't think Georgia got robbed. You have to win your game. Florida State won their game. Georgia right. did not. But they, if, if Georgia would have won their game, or Auburn, for that fact, would have played a, any semblance of defense, which they had all season long, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But here we sit looking at... Had K-State not 
had just kicked the field goal on fourth and 12 instead of trying to okay. run a stupid play with an unmobile quarterback, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So you just you, you lay the points and take Michigan. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this right You've now. You've been on a roll here, so I'm, again, I'm hesitant I, to tell you my best bet is Alabama. No, it's okay. I, 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 w- I want to give you some some pointers that are gonna go your way because okay. we can talk till we're blue in the face about the matchup. We can talk yeah. till we're blue in the face what the lines are. Let's talk a little trends and angles here. Alabama covered eight of their last nine against the Big Ten. Alabama, four and one in their last five games as an underdog, which, mind you, dates back to four seasons because they're never an underdog. That's, yeah, you're That's right. Nick Saban as an underdog. Here's my one caveat with laying it with Michigan. Harbaugh has not won a college football playoff game. And I have seen two of them in person. And it has been bad. What's the line if he were suspended for these games? Well, I do think that they're going to bake it in, but it, we've proven that it doesn't matter if he's there or not. Yeah, because he's still coaching during the week. I had, a, I had week. a great number on Penn State. Didn't matter. Thought Penn State, you know, uh, I think I was getting four and a half and went down to three. Didn't matter. Michigan absolutely dominated James Franklin and that game because he has the right people in position to be able to run this team for him. That's what good head coaches do. Yeah. Um, how do you think he's... This is another factor. Michigan's reaction when they saw that Bama was the opponent and not Florida State. They didn't want Bama. Nobody wants Bama. Are That's you my kidding point. me? K-State played That's my point. in the Sugar Bowl last year. An Alabama team left out of the college football playoff, and I thought, oh, Lord. <laughs> you just beat TCU in the Big 12 championship game, and now you have to face a Bama team who doesn't care. And K-State went, marched out there, up three scores, Couple of quick deep passes. Next thing you know, tie game, and then end up losing. It, this nobody wants to face Alabama. They're the best college football team in the last 15 years, right? And it, but this Michigan team again. I'm 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 riding the fence here, but I'm I'm taking Bama. It's a, a very it's a veteran team. It's why Harbaugh came back, and why I think he's bolting because they're losing a ton of players after they either finish their season in the semifinals or in the championship game. That also plays a massive factor in this. But we've seen reload, not rebuild, for Alabama year after year after year. Yeah, until we didn't. I mean, there was some dicey moments for this Alabama team this year. Tennessee went to town. I know. Had a chance to have them on the ropes. Old Miss. Down USF. 10 at halftime. That's where it turned. That's where it did. against Tennessee. It did turn. Down 10, and then they come out and win that game, and they turned it around. And that was when everyone was saying that Bama wasn't Bama, that Saban was done after this season. Well, it wasn't they come that he was out. done. It well, just... No, every, I, I, when I say, like, the talk was, the buzz was, he's stepping aside, and he's either going to, you know, college game day, or he's going to do something else, or whatever. Um, he, he was, he was, he was burned out. With what he was seeing. Well, and and Milrow wasn't the guy. But no, now he is. And the landscape of college football has changed enough to where I could see some of those old school coaches getting really frustrated, whether it's the yeah. transfer portal, whether it's the NIL, Even whether the it's, it's the guys that are traditionally used to sitting on the bench for two or three years and earning their spot. Those guys aren't anymore. They, they want to play and they want to play now. What do you think of the, the evening matchup, Texas and Washington? I want to. I want to love Washington more than I do. I get accused a lot. I know. Yesterday, I was trolling Brett McMurphy a little bit on the show about hating K State, but I get a yeah. lot of grief about hating Texas, and I don't hate this Texas team. I just think that they're consistently overvalued. What did we see from Washington this year? We saw 
a dominant performance against Oregon the first time where they let Oregon back in. Oregon lost misses the game. field goal. Oregon yeah. misses the field goal. That was dicey. They didn't let that happen in the Big, the Pac-12 championship. And I was kicking myself for not betting them on the money line in that spot. Were they 10-point dogs in yeah. that game? Yeah. Oh. And I kept asking, I was like, what is going on here? And everybody said, well, we've got Oregon power rated this high. We've got Oregon power rated this high. And, of course, Oregon's going to get their chance uh, on New Year's Day versus Liberty to see how high they really are power rated here. But there were several spots when Quinn Ewers was out that I bet against Texas. I bet against them when they were laying 34 to Rice uh, with JT Daniels. I said, are you insane? They don't care about this game. Ta the, the Houston game, Malik Murphy comes in for a hurt Quinn Ewers. I got a little lucky there. The Kansas game, I came back and said, you know what? I don't want any part of this Kansas game. Texas finally is going to be able to get the best of this team. And then I came back and bet against them three more times, only covering one of the last three. And that was because with a healthy Quinn Ewers, this team is very dangerous. And that's where they're at right now. I like Washington a lot. I think Washington is sneaky to win this whole thing. Uh, it was as high as seven to one to start the week. We're seeing now five to one, four and a half to one, which is plus four fifty. Yeah. With the coach of the year and what they've done as the as the dog. Yeah, I mean everybody wants to talk about Bama, Michigan being the matchup. I I, I think I think it's going to be a more defensive battle from the Michigan standpoint. I could see it being a lower scoring, more boring game. I think we're going to see fireworks in the uh, Washington-Texas game. And I think that's what's going to make it more exciting. But nobody seems to want to talk about it because it's not the sexier matchup for whatever reason. Because Maybe because they played last year in the Alamo Bowl. Oh, so uh, just the – we'll get to your other bets in just a moment. Uh, forecasting here. If Texas wins by double digits or whatever against Washington, how does the championship game open up, in your mind, spread-wise, against Michigan or Bama for Texas? So if Texas wins by double digits against Washington, the perception of them, I think either either Alabama or Michigan will be a very slight favorite. So kind of like we're my, seeing with minus, Michigan and yeah, Bama. minus one, minus one and a half. And if it's a tight window game, field goal game like we saw against Oregon, we could see it as high as and you jump on three. the points. Um, I'd be curious to see how Texas would match up against a defense like Michigan. We've already seen how they matched up against. Alabama in a rematch. We do know how hard it is to beat a team twice in a year. Yeah. Texas was a six-point underdog in Tuscaloosa. I think they'd be, regardless, I think they'd be probably about no higher than a two-and-a-half-point underdog to Alabama because that bias from what happened in Tuscaloosa is going to be built in because that was not a close game. No. On the road in a hostile no, environment. Not. I mean, Texas from start to finish dominated. And Ewers was a big-game quarterback that night. He was. I is it weird? This is just a, a a weird feeling. Is it weird that I think we're gonna, we're going to see Arch Manning? I'm not. I, I, no one could predict a uh, an injury, but like, can you story, tell me? Can you tell me why we haven't yet? Uh, I, I have my own theories. That's why I'm asking why why you think we haven't seen Arch Manning. Well, he's they're protecting him for how he will play, or they're moving to the SEC and they're starting his is. They're not. Quinn Ewers is coming back next year. Well, but, but if Quinn That's Ewers, why Malik Murphy if, left. If Texas wins the national championship, does he change his mind? Davey brought this up before the, before the show today. Uh, Davey, your theory on this. Well, it, it makes sense. I mean, again, this kind of goes back to the transfer portal window and why Coach Sarkeesian wanted Malik Murphy to finish out the season with Texas instead of going ahead and, and committing to Duke. But if you are 
Quinn Ewers, if you win that national championship, is your draft stock going to be higher next year? Why would you wait and come back another year for Texas? And if that's the case, we know Arch Manning is going to be the guy they go to moving forward. So it really just kind of poses the question of if you're Texas, I mean, it's an you win the national championship. It's all Manning and, at that point. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Davey. The reporters we had on from Austin were a bit surprised with the news yes. based on the fact that they had Murphy at the time when we were discussing, and they had Manning, who was sitting out the year, you know, the red shirt, and then he was going to be the heir apparent to the yep. throne. You're playing him. You landed Arch Manning. They landed Arch Manning. I don't know how good Arch Manning is. That's fair. None of us do, I don't think, unless you're sitting We're going there to find out. His high school competition was not very elite. I know how, I know how successful. Has a Manning ever failed? I'm not okay, but look. Due to but, injury, yes. Due to injury, yes. Cooper Manning has failed, and that is Arch's dad, correct? Uh, correct. Yes, but Cooper Manning is still should have been successful. the be- Supposedly, he should have been the best one. The fact is, we know the third Manning from Archie. Like that. I mean, that's my. Any we have Arch Manning because of Cooper. Well done. <laughs> Again, like last time Texas was in the national championship, the quarterback went down. Again, tough to predict all this. I'm not saying that. I, I see the future. I just it, It's just a weird vibe about how this college football season has been. We've discussed a four-win team in Colorado for months. And now it's Texas that is, we're all assuming, is beating Washington in the college football semifinal. More from Kelly next. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, how about CBS going there with J.J. McCarthy uh, before and after Connor Stallions? We haven't heard his name brought up much since everything died down for the suspension. I, again, it was the talk of everything. And now they're in the college football playoff and the suspension from the Big Ten. It's like, oh, they've served their suspension. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, they've made their way in. They won without it. But how about just the numbers, Kelly? before and after Connor Stallions uh, resigned, quote-unquote. Eight games before, five games after. Completion percentage down by 10%. Passing yards per game, uh, 225 to 166. And then 18 touchdowns to three interceptions in the five games after, one and one. That's the thing that stands out the most to me. And they, they're doing it through the run and all that. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. But, but Michigan's kind of been on cruise control since they beat Ohio State and Penn State, I feel like. It's just been yeah. kind of like the Big Ten Championship wasn't anything to write home about. They didn't need to have any okay. explosive offense. And, and that's, I can hear that, uh, the point. It's just the, the three-game suspension is kind of like, oh, he's, he's served his time. And I just don't, it was where very does, predictable. Where does Connor Stallions go from here? Uh, that's a great question. Um, podcast, you know? <laughs> is that what we all do? We just get in podcast? trouble and start podcasts? Uh, Every, I mean, or date Taylor Swift and, you know, go off on how your team's playing. Uh, Kelly, give us your best bets uh, for the weekend going through uh, New Year's. And 
Then we'll get to our dumpster fires of the week. It's tough. We've seen a lot of big, big moves here. Uh, I feel bad. I can't give out Ohio State minus five and a half when I have it plus one. That, that, that okay. is just a completely different bet. So what we saw was Ohio State opened a six-point favorite. Line gets completely pushed the other way with all the opt-outs, Kyle McCord and so that forth. That was a surprise, and, yeah. And, and whether or not um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be playing, which it sure kind of looks like he might be. Uh, we but didn't he heard. miss practice this week? He did, but does he need to practice? No, I but does know. he need to play? I mean, Yeah, I mean, at this point, you got to start looking at Mizzou again in this spot. Uh, Penn State, Ole Miss, I wanted to like Ole Miss here. This line just keeps going the opposite way. I have no opinion there. I kind of lean towards Maryland here. Uh, Auburn, albeit has one of the better defenses in the SEC, I'm not sure how much they really want to be here. Uh, this is a, a, a team that just... They did win the hot chicken eating contest this week. Oh, good. You, yeah, you have some insight on the Music City Bowl. Let's talk about it. <laughs> it, was just the, it was just the kickoff party with uh, both teams and administration sponsorships uh you know you've got the the executives uh from the convention and visitors bureau here, here in town uh there's a a massive hot chicken eating contest um and well auburn they won the winner ate seven of them uh which is from prince's hot chicken which will light you up on their high level it's that hot it's yeah okay it's 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 rough. Now, previous Music City Bowls you've covered, have the winners also won the... Eminent? No, not necessarily. Okay. Not There's necessarily. no correlation? Well, no, because a, a lot of times they'll, they'll put the, the backups in or the, you know, they're, they're on the roster, but they're not playing. They're, you're give, they're giving you the big old lineman that's like the third, play, the yeah. third stringer guy because in case, you know, okay, got it. But they, I mean, they were happy to be there as a team earlier this week. Same as Maryland. I just, I mean... The, the buzz around this matchup is not there. I'm with you. No, it is not. And I lean Maryland uh, with the touchdown there. We mentioned Georgia, 13.5 point favorites, all the way up to 20 with all the Florida State opt-outs at this point. You just got to say, okay, this is not a bettable game. You missed the good number on Georgia at 13.5. You can't bet them now at 20. That is, that is just not something I can condone. And I just don't think FSU cares to be there. And they could just absolutely get throttled. Now, does that mean the backups aren't vying for a position? They don't want to go out there and play for Mike Norvell? Could could absolutely be a thing. Uh, Toledo, Wyoming. I love this Wyoming team. They've been great to me as an underdog all season. I'm not laying three and a half with them here. Uh, Badgers, LSU. LSU, lots of uh, little little tiny rumors about Brian Kelly maybe jumping ship there in Baton yeah. Rouge. Something to keep an eye on. They're 10-point favorites. Wisconsin just really lack family. I can yes. hear that now. Oh God, it's so bad. Uh, Iowa. I did take the eight with the Iowa Hawkeyes before the Nico news okay. came in at six and a half. Kind of be wary there. I'm kind of curious to see what we're going to see from the highly touted recruit yeah. there for the Vols. Makes uh, it watchable. I wanted to bet on Liberty plus sixteen and a half. I really did. Uh, I really like what Willie Corn's done with that offense. Oregon could be a little fired up. We know they have the offensive firepower. Uh, these two teams could really be sharing scores. That's why the total 67 and a half, and I want no part of that under. And we've already talked about the two college football playoff games. I am on Michigan, and I am on Washington. Um, so is there one that you just feel like is your guarantee, your lock? No. These are bowl games, I know. Hutton. It's tough. No, I can't. But, I, you, but you, you dive into the numbers significantly. So this is what I normally do. The day the matchups are announced, and the numbers get put out, 
Yeah. From a bookmaking perspective. You're looking at the 13 for Georgia. I want to look instance. at everything. Yeah. And I said, all right, well, we've already got 1,400 kids in the transfer portal, and we have no idea who wants to play. Why would I put my hard-earned money on I some agree. of these bowl games? So then you wait, and you miss the best of the number. Or what happened uh, to me in the UNLV game, I got the best of the number. It still didn't matter. There's been a lot of – Should have. A lot of roller coaster rides, if you will. I just got very lucky. I I had uh, five with Kentucky. The line closed three. It ended up pushing okay. if you laid three with Clemson. Or some people lost with the hook there. Kentucky had every reason to win that game. Before, when you and I had lunch before the show, I threw a little bit on Kentucky money line. I like the line move in my favor. It, it These... Just are really tough. We've seen a lot of weird calls. We've seen a lot of turnovers from some of these backups. The kid for, uh, now his name escapes me, for uh, Oklahoma. that It was highly, highly touted, starting quarterback for Oklahoma last night. Every time I flipped back to the Oklahoma-Arizona Arnold. game. Arnold, thank you. Jackson Arnold. Yeah, threw, was throwing an interception. They're, they're, the Sooners' offense could have easily beaten Arizona, but there were so many mistakes made it was almost like the first quarter he had to get those jitters out. He threw two picks. Yep. They come back. They're up. And then he has that, like, fourth quarter jitter that he just had in the first quarter. It was a very weird game. And it, granted, I didn't watch it in its entirety. I kept flipping back and forth uh, between that and the NFL game. But I had Oklahoma plus three. I was given by a sharp group. And then I had Arizona in my college okay. football wins pool. So I kind of had this, like, weird, like – Let's just hope Oklahoma loses by, <laughs> by you know, some weird score, 21-20, 31-31 kind of thing, and I, I can win both. That would make your best and worst of 2023 if you won that yes. uh, later, coming up yes. in, in hour three. Uh, NFL, though, you do have a, a feel because you, you hit the over last night, uh, or you you recommended it, you didn't I, play it well, I had a, for Cleveland. So I, we recommended it on the fade, yeah. gave it out. I told you to be very wary on your under, um, but of course I, I did not. Away. I did not bet it with my own money. Check out the fade Why with uh, – Kelly and Clay Travis at Outkick.com. Um, what do you like this week in the NFL? Do you want me to start with my best bet or do you want me to run through everything else? and then Your best. Okay, so my best bet this week is the Colts. I laid three and a half with this team. I bet against the Raiders last week. Coming off that long week, thinking, okay, Aiden O'Connell, hey, no offense to him, the guy is not very good. No. And last week he wasn't very good. No. But the Raiders' defense was good enough to take advantage of a Kansas City team in disarray and was able to go into Arrowhead and get the win. I think we're seeing way too much love for this Raiders team. Colts kind of control their own destiny right now, right? So they've covered they five do. of their last seven. Gardner Minshew, while I have not been his biggest proponent this year, I do think that he will give this team a boost with Michael Pittman returning. Uh, it does not look like Jonathan Taylor is going to be back. Is that correct? As He's of missing again. I saw questionable last I looked. He was still questionable, and and sometimes we don't get answers until well after until yeah until after practice uh, today. It's still yeah practice should be ending. We should be getting answers here really soon whether he's going to be playing or not. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. did get upgraded to probable yesterday, but I did not see uh, whether Jonathan Taylor was going to be playing or not. The difference is I don't know if it really matters. I really don't. I think he is a great running back, and I don't want to discredit him, but it seems like they've started to build the offense in a way that he's not as missed as maybe he should be. Um, Over-unders, anything jump out to you? I didn't play any totals okay. um, as of this weekend. Totals are not my forte, so I usually have like other people that I like to lean on. So 
those guys did like the under 41 in Seattle, uh, Pittsburgh. Kind of uh, got a lot of love last week as two-point dogs. I played them versus the Bengals. I put them in a bunch of teasers. Mason Rudolph probably gets brought back to earth uh, by the 12th man. So I do like the under there. And another couple of them um, that you can keep an eye on that have been trending in that direction. I do think the Detroit-Dallas Cowboys game, while it looks to be fireworks, open 53 and a half. It's down to 52. That kind of tells you big money. No matter how many people keep playing the over, the big money keeps pushing it down. So keep an eye on that one. Um, and just be a little wary if you do. I, I agree. I think it could be a shootout. But it could be, you know, one of those types of games where it's, a you know, within three or four points, last-minute field goal, but still stay under. I mean, 52 points is a lot in an NFL game. It is, especially this year. Uh, dumpster fire of the week. We give our worst of the week. And I'm, I'm going back to... This past weekend with the AFC South to kick things off, guys. Uh, uh, AFC South is uh, turning into the finish of the NFC South. No one wants to win right now. The the Jacksonville Jaguars can't seize it. Now they're without Trevor Lawrence this week. Meanwhile, CJ Stroud comes back. The Texans can't take full advantage of what the Jaguars haven't been able to do at the top of the division. And all of a sudden, the Colts are there too. I never expected them to keep pace but the other two are allowing them to do just that. The Titans are not a good football team. I don't know who is going to be the best of a bad division over the last three, four weeks uh, since Thanksgiving. Jacksonville was 8-3, and three, and now they sit atop the division along with Houston and along with Indianapolis, and I have no idea which team is good enough to put things aside and say, you know what, we're winning the AFC South. Much like the NFC South, I'm not riding with anything they're doing going into the postseason, regardless of who wins. What do you have, Kelly? Well, Davey took my uh, dumpster fire of the week, but... Uh, oh, really? <laughs> no. All jokes aside, he's not wrong. Uh, I just happened to laugh at it. Look, I think the Kansas City Chiefs have been a dumpster fire over the last few weeks, yep. losing four of their last six, and I want to go against him again this week. By taking the Bengals, this one's come down from the key number of seven down to six and a half. So hopefully you took the seven based on my recommendation yesterday. This is a Chiefs team that we've seen in disarray. We've now had Travis Kelsey go off on his podcast. We've had, uh, well, we have have seen Patrick Mahomes flipping out on the sideline to his offensive lineman. We have seen all of the headlines written. At some point in time, you'd think the bottom falls out. Kansas City gets it together in time for the playoffs. But I don't think so. I think this team is a dumpster fire. They are not good against the spread, and they are also not winning football games they are supposed to win. I think they're overvalued again this week. They are my dumpster fire. We also see them drop passes over and over and over again. Most in the NFL. I think they're at 28 right now in the season. I think it's it's more more than that. It probably is. It's been rough to watch. Uh, Guys, my dumpster fire of the week, I'm going to the Green Bay Packers, and I'm looking at Jair Alexander. Jair's been suspended for one game, and the reasoning was because of things that occurred during the coin toss. You might be hearing the thing, what? So Jair this past week was not a captain when the Packers were playing the Carolina Panthers. He decided to go out there anyway, and whenever he won the toss, he said, I'm going to play defense. We want to play defense. Ultimately, it's a terrible decision. You either say, you want the ball or you're going to defer. Fortunately, the ref said, you mean you, you want to defer and his teammates backed him up like, yeah, that's what we want to do. But when you're in a situation where you know what you need to do in these 
moments. If you do make the mistake, you don't follow it up in the interview by saying, I don't think coach knew I was from Charlotte. That's his reasoning for why he thought he should just go ahead and go out there and be a part of the coin toss. It's a Pro Bowl cornerback, but he's a certified dumbass, if you ask me. Yeah, and that's the, there's a plenty of those uh, across the league uh, with I totally throwing thought, things up in key moments. I th- totally thought Davey was going to the Denver Broncos. Um, I See, they were a dumpster fire, then they were not. Oh, they're still a dumpster fire. But now it's perceived to be. But, I mean, Sean Payton looked like the worst coach in the NFL, and then he was perceived to be coach of the year, and now he's back to, well, now he's... It's his birthday. No more Sean Payton slander. I'm not. I, I mean, Sean Payton's there, and he's in full control because the quarterback that's getting $150 million over a year and a half is not going to be there moving forward after two seasons. Preview more of the college football playoff next. <laughs> 